Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Drivers, start your Fans, welcome to the Hoobazoo Radio Network. Welcome to the Drafting the Circus program. My name is Frank Santoroski. I'll be your host for the next hour as we cover this past week in racing and catch you up on all the racing news off the track. And there's a lot of it this week. Um, joining me in the studio, I've got Louise Torres and Richard Uden. Guys, what's up? Hey, how's it going? Going pretty good. Happy that Seattle's owning New York. There you go. Yeah. So save that for our uh, baseball podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I so we had invited a... onto that podcast. Yeah. Not yet. I, cause I don't yeah. have enough to when say. It's a work in progress. <laughs> Mariners got to make the playoffs first, but that's another oh, story for another time. There we go. All right. That's another story for another time. Indeed. Yeah. So, but, uh, but a story for this time is certainly, um, the uh, return of the uh, Music City Grand Prix second year uh, got off to a pretty good start. Um, and it was just downhill from there uh, again. Um, <laughs> you know, the the television now, one of my least favorite sayings that television announcers say is yellows breed yellows. But golly, they sure did. So we had to at the end of the day, we had a, a very unlikely winner, Scott Dixon, who looked to be kind of out of contention early on, but the way things out, Scott Dixon on a six pit stop strategy <laughs> ended up winning the race. Um, Cause uh, that, the, one of those cautions fell his way. 53 wins for Mr. Scott Dixon passes Mario Andretti on the all-time list. Uh, his next uh, guy on the all-time list is AJ Floyd, but uh, more importantly, it, it vaults Dixon, the second in the championship. A mere six points behind Will Power, as uh, some of the other championship contenders had a pretty rough day out there. Uh, yeah, Pato had a rough day. Erickson had a rough day. Um, New Garden was up and down all day, uh, not making many friends with uh, Grosjean, <laughs> not making friends after the race on Twitter. But um, yeah, uh, again, a great event, but the execution. Um, I, I, I still feel like we need a few changes to that track. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of funny because we've we've raced at Long Beach for years. That's just as tight, but it doesn't seem to have the the, the problematic trying to get going again uh, that we've seen in Nashville two years now. So, Richard, did you get a chance to watch? I did. Yeah, I saw. Uh, well, I saw the first three quarters of the race, and then when they had that all, I'd recorded it, and they went that all change of channels it uh, it sort of cut me off for the last 20 laps of the race so i'd caught the highlights of that as well but yeah it, it's an entertaining track isn't it i think you know it, it's it's an interesting concept i think 
uh, you know, the crowds were the crowds looked pretty good. And they actually had some grandstands to be in this year, which I think is uh, is more than they had um, uh, last year in there. But no, it, it was a good event, and yeah, there's still this little bit of um, you know, what's the word? Um, issues with with the racing uh, there, and I think it's more the patience of the drivers rather than the track. Um, in all fairness, but, uh, but yeah, it was, it was, I thought, uh, you know, if the racing that I saw was good, um, you know, there was a, a number of times when people tripped over each other, which was um, unfortunate or avoidable at times, but, um, you know, it, it teaches discipline and, uh, you know, who, who's probably the most disciplined driver on the grid? Well, Scott Dixon. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Yes, Scott Scott Nixon, but, you know, despite getting into trouble and having a flat tire and and making three extra pit stops, at the end of the day, he comes out victorious. Erickson had five pit stops last year and won, and how many did Dixon have this year? Six, yeah. Yeah, 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 broke in front, wing flew up in the air, then strategy fell on his lap, and outside of Herta was the only guy, not the only other guy that was in control of the race. Of course, Grosjean led a few laps besides Herta, and Eric uh, McLaughlin. Yeah, McLaughlin and Pelot led no, up. No, I'm talking about last year when you met oh, last year. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, Erickson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah no, but, uh, sure. but no, but this year, no, Pelot led a bunch of laps, and McLaughlin yep. was uh, McLaughlin. McLaughlin for that first. He was, he, he was on point he most does, of the yeah. day. Yeah, absolutely. He, he probably could, could have won the thing if there were another three, four laps of, uh, you know, another three, and here's four, the three thing four about, laps in a race. Here's the thing about McLaughlin. I feel like. Had it not been for that skid he had during the month of May and June, McLaughlin could might as well be in the championship mix. I think with three races well, to go, he's a bit behind. He's going to take a lot of help and probably have to win out to get him well, back in the mix. But if, if we're going to go on that tact, I did see a, a comment on one of the social media channels. Frank, you probably saw it as well. If it wasn't for that one mile an hour speeding penalty that Scott Dixon got at the, on his last stop at Indy in May, he would be miles ahead of the championship now and on his way to a 27th title or whatever it's going to be. The 7th. 7th, 7th, yeah. But yeah, absolutely, yeah, that mistake. That is also Indy, another you know, thing. Cost him the double points uh, for the win. Yeah. Um, so And that's, you know, that's largely the reason why Erickson has been in control of his championship for a number of weeks, you know, getting that, that you know, big payout at Indy, but, yeah. uh, you know, right now, willpower is still controlling this thing, but uh, you know, with Dixon only six yeah. points behind and, and well, you con- know, I wouldn't say controlling, but, uh, he's in a points lead, right? Yeah, and he's right still, now going into gateway. Yeah. Going into yeah. gateway. Yeah. But, uh, I, I mean, with Dixon right there, I'm sure that will is not comfortable at all. Um, Dixon certainly knows how to win a championship or two or six, mm-hmm. uh, and, and and Will knows how to lose a championship. <laughs> as exactly. he's done a number no. of times in the past, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I, think, I think it's gonna it's gonna come down to these two guys and maybe maybe New Garden pl- playing a spoiler there. Uh, mm-hmm. New Garden more often than not has been kind of snake bit with a little of bad bad luck here and there, and. Uh, uh, some of it his own making, and other of it mechanical. Uh, but um, yeah, Newgarden was very aggressive in the late stages of the race. You know, to the point that he mm-hmm. took uh, Grosjean into the wall, mm-hmm. and, and when asked about it, he pretty much said, "Hey, you know, welcome to IndyCar. It gets tight." You yeah. know, and then um, right, especially uh, when somebody uh, 
understeers into you. It gets really tight. Yeah, yeah. So, and then, then of course, Grosjean, who hadn't made a lot of friends the last several races, uh, you know, tried to express his displeasure on uh, his social media account. And then, uh, you know, I think it was Erickson that said, hey, buddy, comes around, goes around. So, so there you go. Yeah, you got, you got some bruised egos. Um, uh, you know, some bruised ego, some battered cars, a uh, whole flatbed truck full of nose cones and front wings. And, <laughs> at the, yeah, end, at the fractured, end of the day, yep. Fracture but hold because that whole IndyCar paddock has been kind of like scratching a claw a, a lot as of late. Where there's the contract disputes, you mentioned bruised egos, banter gone wrong on Twitter. It's It's one of those things that. Yeah, we need some of that, but how, how? Where does it get to the point that it's kind of getting silly? Where it's like, you could you you be be responsible and hold yourself accountable for your own actions because this has been the theme of Andretti all year long. That the they're mad at somebody or mad at one another. There's just nothing goes to the right. Like I was going to mention earlier on McLaughlin, some people are saying he's the most improved driver, and I can see it. But let's not forget McLaughlin started off pretty good, but this was the second half where he kind of skidded a little bit. So I can see some of that. But one that has we thought we was going to improve, be most improve or be in the mix is Groshan. He's just not half of that. And instead, it's these controversies that has kind of been storming into Groshan once again, like his early days in Formula One. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. but has anybody, Andretti, been, you know, really? I mean, I know Herter and Rossi have got a win, but I mean, it's not like they've been, you know, no, they Herty haven't been. Seems, Herty seems to be spending most of the season trying to lose races. Yeah. And uh, being doing a pretty damn good job at most of them. But, uh, you know, I mean, where is Grosjean? I mean, he's what, mid-pack 15th or something in the table. Um, you know, he's not that far behind Hertha in reality. Uh, and he's not that far behind Rossi. You know, he, I wouldn't say he's, he's, he's had a terrible year. Um, probably not as what he expected. But again, it... It boils down to that big, you know, and again, I, we, we've spoken about this at length on this show. You know, you, you, you take, uh, you know, Grosjean, if you give Grosjean a better, you know, result at Indy, because uh, he crashed out quite early, didn't he? If you give him a better result at Indy, he's probably the leading Andretti driver right now. So it's, you know. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Rossi got a top five, didn't he? And, yeah, and that's kind of where Grosjean his season sort of, started getting going yeah. for Rossi. Yeah, so it's it's a it's it's a sort of, you know, I don't think he's been as bad as people have made him out to be. When you look at the rest of the team, you know, if you look at a Penske, they've got three drives in the top six. Ganassi have got three drives in the top five. You yeah, know, they've been um, fine, but they should be more up there than they are. Oh, exactly. But you look That's at the team and the organization. I don't think you can. I don't think you can individual. You know, you can call out. Any of those drivers, we know for a fact that Colton Herter is way higher than the tenth fastest driver in the oh, on the no question. pack. So you know, it's just a pure, simple logistics of the fact that that the Andretti team has been underperforming, and that has had a knock-on effect on uh, you know Grosjean and Herter and, and Rossi. Um, so it's yeah, it's certainly been a disappointing year for him, but uh, I think it has been for the whole whole organization. All right, so let's switch gears and talk about somebody who's been absolutely impressive last couple of weeks, and that would be uh, Christian Lungard. 
Yeah. Um, and this guy, he had a great race. He had a great qualifying. I, I actually picked him for the win because, uh, uh, you know, this, these street courses tend to produce surprise winners. And he was right there in the mix up until the very last restart with two laps to go where he, I'm not quite sure what happened to him there, but he had used the balls pushed to pass. We know that. And um, it dropped a bunch of spots on that last restart, but he was headed towards the podium and he, he drove pretty smart all day. And this is, you know, coming out of the, the prior race where he uh, had finished second. So uh, I, I think this kid is really exciting to watch. And, um, <laughs> you know, where the polar opposite is teammate Graham Rahal managed to take out like five or six cars. And then uh, they repaired his car and put him back on the track and he managed to take out two more cars. So, <laughs> but yeah, that, yeah, that was tough, tough that day, was, tough yes. day for Graham, yeah. but, uh, this Lundgaard kid. Yeah. He's, uh, he's the real deal. Uh, he is, oh, yeah. he is, uh, absolutely just, um, you know, and the Ray Hall team has, you know, for their part struggled this year a bit with the expansion of three cars. Uh, but, but he's the, um, he's the bright spot on that team right now. Yeah, and I, I I'm good friends with his his race engineer. We've worked together in the past, and uh, I've been speaking to him on and off throughout the year. And uh, yeah, no, he he's certainly done uh, you know an execute in the way that uh, you know you'd you'd sort of you'd, you'd hope that he would do. I mean, he's he's one of that breed of you know Renus VK in the same category there of guys that have come over from uh, Formula Two that maybe haven't had the opportunity or the financial backing or the results to step up to Formula One, uh, but. You know, goodness me! You know the 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 the, the limit there is so uh, so, so high that uh, you know even a, a mid to high pack Formula Two driver can do a, a very 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 good job in the IndyCar series. And, and you you know you've seen it with BK, who's a race winner in, in IndyCar, and Lundgren, who a, a, any other day could have won the last two races. Absolutely, yeah. And speaking of VK, he did. Um... Negotiate his contract. He'd be staying on with uh, Ed Carpenter Racing. McLaren. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. no. And yeah. Actually, actually, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, well, so, oh, well, breaking so, news. Yeah. It, it, yeah, in a wild twist, yeah, they uh, – <laughs> Ed Carpenter Racing confirmed Rinus, Renus VK, and Renus said, yes, that's correct. So Yes. Yeah, but – Yes, that's that correct. Yeah, so. for huge for Ed Carpenter to keep him around because I know it, for it, a period it, of time – Yeah, he's – um. I mean, I just, I just don't know what the options out there are for him. Um, obviously, the the ten car Ganassi is a pretty attractive option. Penske's pretty well locked up. Um, they're talking like the twenty nine car is going to be open at Andretti, um, and and VK's got some. I want to say he drove for Andretti in lights, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so. Yeah, but staying with Ed Carpenter, I think he helped. I think VK helps elevate that team, and that and that's a team that's always been, uh, you know, punching above their weight. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, and I think I think that just continues. That I think Ed is thrilled to uh, keep the young man in the fold. There, I think he's good for the team. I think the team is good for him. I think they work together well, and I think they've got a lot of potential. Uh, so, you know, another contract news, of course, the Alex Ballou thing just keeps getting. Crazier because you know Chip is now suing Palou. Now Palou is now counter suing Chip for defamation, and yet you know Palou gets a podium and Chip congratulates him. So it's kind of weird, you know. While all yeah, the uh, it's the, all the, in the agents, isn't it? Yeah, all the, all the uh, agents and lawyers are fighting in the back, but here we are still uh, having some pretty good results on the track. So 
Actually, yeah, for actually, VK drove for you, Coach Nitty Lights. Um, Louis just informed me, so yeah. Yeah, because in 19, it was Oliver Askew that won the title for Andretti Autosport that year. When you think, which is kind of interesting looking back, how their careers have have been different. But going before going to Palau, I want to make a quick chime in on Lundgaard. It's really looking like Lundgaard is probably his rookie of the year title to lose now because he's got, while Malukas has had some nice runs, and then, of course, Kirkwood has show, and Ilon has shown some brilliance. They just can't put race results together, whereas Lundgaard has as a lady. Yeah, I was going to say, Kirkwood has, what, more than 10 DNFs on the year? At this rate, it's looking like it. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, I mean, he's he's been really good in qualifying, and and his race pace looks really good. But they just haven't been able to, you know, you, you've got to finish the races. Yep. Yeah, Lungan certainly sort of come on strong throughout the year, hasn't he? He's sort of, um, you know, certainly sort of, um, you know, d- delivered later in the year, and you know that's where it counts, I guess. Oh yeah, and just a couple of races left. I think we just got three left. You know, we got to a gateway and uh, gateway uh, Portland, Portland, and Laguna, Laguna Seca, and we're done. So, uh, and I, I would say uh, those two road courses out west are going to really favor Loon Garden as well. So he could have a good run in there. Yeah, it could. It, it could possibly happen. If anything. I could see Lungar win being an any car winner next season. I'm not sure about this year because you're looking at Gateway, which is typically going to be favor Penske and Newgard, and then you got Portland that's going to probably lean towards the Hondas, and of course Laguna is hurt is hurt as playground. So next, not this year, but certainly next year, I see Lungar being an any car winner. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, this I think this kid has a nice uh, any car career ahead of him. So, all right, so. We have the week off in IndyCar before we go to Gateway, uh, so we'll make some Gateway picks next week. Uh, any other, any other stories coming out of Nashville you guys wanted to touch on? Yeah, I think so. oh, yeah. I think that's all I could think of for the top for the top of my head. Okay, all right. So, uh, so NASCAR was up in Michigan, and uh, it was a certain Mister Kevin Harvick who snapped a pretty long winless streak to get him a win this year, and he's the is he the 15th different winner this season. Yep, the 15th different winner after 23 races. Yep, and uh, we get one more winner, and that's uh, that that's all the chase spots, and then uh, the, you know, one more, and a and a race winner. If we, gonna, uh, if we get into gonna get bumped, if we get, if we get two new winners in the next three, then it'll be in precedented uh, territory. It's a shame they don't just allow everybody into the playoffs and then just knock it down to 12. So you may lose five guys in the first three rounds. You know, at the end of the day, you won a race. You deserve to be in there. Um, so, you know, if you win a race and, and let's say 17 different winners, then you kick out five guys in the first. Uh, that's a restaurant, isn't it, five guys? Um, but, yeah, you know, you kick out however many people in the first uh, first round. That's actually not a bad idea. I mean, you know, NASCAR has made a number of tweaks to the – playoffs over the years since they first began them in 2004 so yeah i mean could be if if you're in you win because it's supposed to be you're in you win but then again you know you still got a you know top 30 in points right so uh you know keep a guy like uh, who was it uh justin haley had uh won a race on a part-time schedule a couple years ago 
I think uh, part time is different. I think you need to ex- exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, have to be, you have to be a cup, cup regular. You have to be scoring points for cup series and enter, try to qualify for every race. Yeah, but the interesting thing is this puts a guy like uh, Kurt Busch, who's set to mit- miss yet another race uh, with his concussion injury from Pocono. Uh, he's got the the win, but um, he's gonna he's a uh, you know he's below the cut line, yeah. But he's got the win. But if we get the uh, you know another winner, uh, that's gonna be Kurt out of the playoffs because even with the NASCAR waiver, he's he's uh, you know not gonna have enough points to uh, get ahead of you know unless it's somebody crazy that wins. You know, somebody towards the back there who's who's well down on the points. But yeah, uh, and here's the situation yeah, so- about Kurt real quick. And somebody pointed this out that should we get 16 winners and all that guys like Brad Keselowski and Corey LaJoy, should they win? They, they, it will not be enough to keep, it will not be enough here. They're below Kurt. And I think as far as what I've gathered, they may not, depending how they do, they may or may not catch Kurt points wise. Cause Kurt is regardless. If we get 16, if we don't get 60 winners and Kurt comes back, He's safe in the top 30. He cannot fall out of the top 30. But if we have reached a quota, and if it's not like Keselowski or Corey LaJoy, if your names are Keselowski and LaJoy, you may not even make the playoffs because you're below Kurt Busch and not able to catch him at all. Because it's it's getting so weird and complicated that with Harvick's win, that brings up the other question. What, like... You may there's a possibility we're going to have two drivers that are inside the top five in the regular season standings. Remember, regular season champion gets 15 points, which is all but eminent that Chase Elliott is going to wrap it up sooner or later, sooner than later, because he's just run away with it. <laughs> but you're going to in a situation where Ryan Blaney and Martrex Jr., who are inside, who are well in the top ten in the regular standings, they don't have wins. And for Blaney, yes, he's got an all-star win, but they don't reward anything to an all-star other than bragging rights and a million dollars and an open window net, mind you. Not terrible. Yeah. <laughs> he's had worse days. Yeah, he's had – yeah, he's had – I, I talked about – I know what you a mean, couple people. No, I know. I talked to some of people, like, if Blaney does not win and misses the playoffs in spite of being inside the top five in the regular season standings – which it only matters for 26 races. It does emphasize the winning aspect that you have to win because even if you're consistent enough, there will be circumstances where consistency is not enough. You have to win, period. Yes, we've seen times where the system has been fl- has been finessed to where they, fl- they find a little loophole where you can be consistent, win the championship despite doing nothing like Matt Crafton did in the truck series without winning a race. But it makes you wonder, would NASCAR try to dabble maybe like if Blaney does not make it, will they, well, we're going to see the all-star race. If you win the all-star race, you get a playoff points. I mean, top 10 dual finishers get points. But then again, there's the counter argument. Why would it do it for Blaney if they haven't done it for Junior or Chase Elliott if he were in a similar situation? Would it have done the same? Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Like I said, I I don't think they're going to change anything this year. Uh, although it's not beyond NASCAR to uh, change the rules midstream. If you recall the one year they added uh, Gordon to the chase just for fun. Um, uh, it was <laughs> just for fun. He was affected by the whole Michael Walter fiasco. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
so <laughs> no, but but, 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 but the thing by. is, but you really need to, to really have a look at the fact that you got a guy right up there in the points, right? Who's not going to make the playoffs because he didn't win a race. So you could argue that from either way. Say, okay, well, you know what? The goal in NASCAR is to win races, right? So, you know, if you're not first, you're last. You use the Ricky Bobby strategy, right? So, uh, or, or you can say, hey, you know what? The, the, the guys in the chase should be the most consistent throughout the year, which is how we did it for years. So, um, yeah, there's no easy answer to it. it. It'd be nice to see Blaney and Truex win the next two races and uh, put that argument to rest. But, uh, again, that's a tall order uh, to, to see that particular sequence of events happen just like that. Yeah. And it's a tall task for, for Truex. Fortunately for him, he got Richmond, which he's been successful and really good for the last number couple of years. He won the last time they ran the set, the second Richmond race when it was part of the playoffs. And in the fall, this time it's at before the playoffs and in, at the tail end of summer. But So he's got help over there. And of course, Ryan Blaney is the defending August winner at Daytona. He might, who knows if he'll do well. But then you got guys like Michael McDowell, Bubba Wallace. They have been racking up top tens as of late. Bubba's been showing superb runs. That who's to say he finally he wins at Daytona? Who's who's to say he might be in the mix at Richmond? And then when it comes to Watkins Glen, you got Michael McDowell. And then when it comes, so if I were so, it's a tall order for Trex mm-hmm. You gotta have to hope for guys like the Gibbs cars, Hendrick cars, do well. And stop and probably benefit Blaney and Truex, but I think in the back of my mind they don't care about who will help who and how it benefit if somebody else does them a favor. They want to win, period. And I think they should go thinking of it that way as winning because there's no way Ryan is going to catch Chase Elliott to win the regular season title to, to lock himself in despite not winning. It's it's too late now. He's got to ha- Elliott's going to have to have a 2004 Jimmy Johnson summer disaster for that to happen. Yeah, absolutely. So, and again, so we're we're off to uh, uh, Richmond. Richmond, right? So, uh, which is you know, uh, Richmond's a fun little track. I, I've I've been there a couple times. Um, yeah. I've, been, I've been there for the Indy cars uh, back when the IRL race, and I've been there for NASCAR. It's a fun place to watch a race, uh, especially you know, is is it a night race this weekend? No, it's an afternoon race. Afternoon race, okay. That, so that's the compelling thing because yeah. When we think about the second Richmond race, we think about night racing in the fall, beginning of fall, during the fall. This is at the tail end of the summer in the afternoon. So it's going to feel very weird and very different to to all the Richmond races that we've had in the past. And I remember last time we had a long green flag run where long runs was key. And that's how Hamlin was able to show up towards the towards the bitter end. So we'll see how what, what kind of Richmond we'll have here because it. I'll will I'll admit the first one aside from the long run old school long run benefiting somebody in the law in the long haul. It was re- it was not one of the better races that they have with this current car right now. So we'll be curious to see how this one will do on a hot uh, what will be a very different Richmond that we're drivers are accustomed to in the past. All right, and that'll that'll be this coming Sunday. So Louise, you want to pick a winner for Richmond? I'm thinking I'm going to go with William Byron on this one. I think if he really, really wants to be a serious threat, which he has not been since he won Martinsville, he's dipped. 
he's not been, he's been a complete afterthought. I think if he wants to really make a case and get his redemption from last time, that will be the starting point for him. All right. And I'll take uh, Truex. So, and Richard, you'll abstain, I imagine? Uh, Truex wouldn't be a bad pick in my book, I'll tell you. There you go. There you go. All right. So, well, now, now Richard. So, <laughs> so, Richard, let's talk about uh, Formula One. So, yeah. we've got some, uh, a lot of news happening. Sebastian Vettel announced he's going to retire. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then, uh, on the heels of that, folks were thinking like maybe Mick Schumacher would move over to Aston Martin and Aston Martin was quick to snatch up Fernando really? Alonso. Fernando Alonso. Yeah, they picked up Fernando, yeah. It was a... Um, that was a very, very unexpected, yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, Alpine found it pretty <laughs> unexpected because they didn't see that one coming either. But yeah, uh, you know, I heard they, had to, they heard about it in the press release. Yeah, I mean, if the if the rumors of the the, the, the conversations are to be believed, um, you know, you, you can understand it from Fernando's point. I mean, I don't think anybody can um, deny Fernando's performances this year. You know, I think he's been as as good as ever. Uh, you know, this year with that car, you know, some of his performances have been fantastic. Um, and if it wasn't from some for some early season misfortune on a reliability level, he'd be, you know, a good couple of spots higher up in the championship. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Um, and I think partly the situation was um, Alpine wanting to offer him a, a one plus one deal, a guarantee for 23, with the option for 24, um, and he wanted a little bit more. And, and I think uh, Aston Martin had given him the, the two plus one option, so he's guaranteed to be on the grid in 23 and 24 with the possibility of 25. So that'll put him into the sort of 43-year-old age bracket there. Um, but, you know, we all know these guys keep themselves phenomenally fit uh, at this level. So, you know, I don't think there's any any uh, concern about uh, Fernando's performance levels there. Um, but then, of no, course, I, I, feel, gonna... I, I feel like um, Alonso was driving as as good as he ever has. I mean, he's uh, he's punching above his weight with that car. He has been all years. And, you know. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know that the Aston Martin is a better car than the Alpine. Um, matter of fact, I think it's not. But uh, no. it'd be interesting to see uh, how his experience can elevate that team. Yeah. And then, of course, on the heels of that, <coughs> this sort of connotation was, well, actually, that 
that resolves, uh, you know, a, um, a, a headache that Alpine would have had. You know, how do we get Oscar Piastri into a car? Oh, there you go, Oscar. You could drive for, for Alpine next year. Now, uh, Fernando has left. Oh, yeah, by the way, I'm not driving for you next year. I've got a contract somewhere else. In a, in, in his, you know, they actually announced him, a la Ganassi and um, Hello. And if you read the um, press release that, uh, or the, the Twitter post that uh, Piastri put out in response, it almost reads verbatim uh, Alex Pelot's tweet. Um, so you could almost imagine that it was written by the same legal group, uh, which then brings you on to the concept that uh, Piastri will be driving for McLaren next year, which uh, puts uh, Danny Rick in in a, in a potentially uh, difficult situation. He just hasn't clicked with this car and the, you know the the, the twenty twenty two regulations in the way that um, you know we would maybe expected for a driver with experience levels. So. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. You know, Danny Rick could end up back at um, back at Alpine, but I, I, I don't, mm, I don't know. I, Ricciardo is one of those guys that you know, the, the moves he made after he left Red Bull really haven't, you know, fallen into his lap. And you know, you obviously, no doubt, the guy's phenomenal talent. Um, and one of the best drivers out there, but it just hasn't really worked for him. And and he uh, unfortunately was one of these drivers that came up against the Max effect, and uh, you know made that decision to leave. Um, and you know would it would his career have resulted in more wins and more championship potential, being in a car like Red Bull and and playing not second fiddle necessarily to to max but you know being there and thereabouts then it would be to try and do something with Renault Alpine or whatever whoever it was and and, and now McLaren um I think he's uh yeah just you know wrong place wrong time almost carbon copy to Alonso just without the championships yeah exactly yeah, so I was, I was saying that kind of mirrors Alonso going to the the, the the right team at the wrong time you know yeah um so, so and you got to wonder if this Austin Martin jump is uh, not the best move for him either because Alpine has been improving on the grid, but but the resources, yeah, exactly. But 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 the Piastri thing. So yeah, now we look like uh, uh, Alpine is going to sue Piastri, right? So now, from what I'm reading, right, is that the um, his contract option expired on August first, yeah, and then it was August second when they announced they were signing him. So uh, it seemed like he was well within his rights to sign somewhere else. If, if that's the case yeah. but now, but now they're wanting to sue him. Um, and, and R- Ricardo evidently wants a $21 million payout from McLaren to walk away, uh, based on what the verbiage is in his contract. So, yeah. um, thankfully though, <laughs> you know, formula one has a few, uh, Things in place with a uh, what do they call the contract resolution board? Yeah, the or, or whatever. Yeah. yeah, they've got uh, you know. Whereas IndyCar is just going to go to the to the courts. You know, was going to go because to the courts. Does, now they want to go to the federal courts. So, but, so where yeah. does the um? It, so so I know the FIA in Formula One ultimate yes they have the contract recognition board or whatever they call it, but then they do uh, above that they have the international sports council or whatever it is which like seems to govern like 
every sport globally. You know, you're talking, you know, football in the UK and, you know, rugby and cricket and all of these sports. You know, whenever you have any of these contract disputes, they all end up, you know, you go to the local thing. And if it doesn't go somebody's way, then they'll go to the, you know, the governing body of the sport. And then if it doesn't go their way, they'll go to the International Sports Council or whatever it is. Um, do, do IndyCar follow that procedure as well? Uh, not as far as I know. It's just, uh, you know, it's just, these things are a little rare in IndyCar. I mean, it's, it's we've, we've seen it before. Uh, but this, you know, the thing with, uh, with Ganassi was going to go to a circuit court in Indiana, but now Pelot's people are asking that it be moved to federal court because Pelot, not being an American citizen, uh, I think he'll get a, a fairer shake in a federal court than in a local jurisdiction. So, um, yeah, but they don't, you know, have the, you know, the contract negotiation or the, or the, you know, the international federation of sports that they Here go. Here we to. go. It's, um, it's the court of arbitration for sport. That's who it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, <clears throat> but I've not heard of, of anything in IndyCar going through there, you know, even when it comes to silly crap, like, uh, you know, Bobby Unser and, uh, Mario Andretti fighting over who won the Indy 500 back in the 80s. That was settled in a, yeah, you know, Indiana courtroom. So, but yeah, I mean, but it's all it's it all makes the sport look bad. You know, it makes it looks like nobody knows what the hell they're doing. Nobody's reading the verbiage verbiage of these contracts, uh, or or makes it looks like the contracts aren't worth the paper they're written on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's uh, it's uh, it's just funny that you've got the one. Below situation and this one really mirrors it so it's the same thing happening twice and again right in the middle of it all is Zach Brown and McLaren yeah so yeah, because it makes me wonder what's going on down there who really is the villain because you have a one end that Ganassi are trying to make below the villain and then some people are looking at Zach Brown as the villain it's like at this point it's, it's getting very sloppy and out of hand as a fact remember this is not affect, affecting Formula One. This is affecting IndyCar, Formula E, and who knows, Extreme E at this point, because we don't even know who, who is yeah. who with McLaren. And look at Felix Rosequist right now. He's been getting be- getting it together and to the point that he feels like he's worthy of staying in IndyCar instead of going to Formula E. But that, too, is getting kind of a bit messy. And, and it's just... Yeah, it's ev- evidently there were some... Uh, Felix actually has an out clause with his contract. If I read this correctly, that if he's not offered the formula, the, the IndyCar seat, um, he's free to speak with other IndyCar teams or he yeah. can accept the formula E seat. So his, and they, and, and I think Zach and Felix both agreed on this when, when they were questioned on it. So, so yeah. if, he, if Felix is not saying, okay, you're welcome. You're going to be in the seven car next year alongside, uh, you know, Pato. Um, Felix can say, you know, this, we got a Formula E car for you. He can say, well, let me see, um, you know, let me see if Chip Ganassi's got the 10 car or let me see if Dale Coyne's got something for me, you know, or let me see about that Andretti car. He's allowed to talk to other IndyCar teams. Uh, but I but I believe he still has the Formula E seat as a, uh, as a fallback, so. Yeah, and he has that, which is good for good for his for his scenario. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah, heard yeah. apparently he's a, Gasly he's a, does not have an off clause regarding at the Alpine ordeal, so he can't get out of Alfatori to go to Alpine. 
Yes, yes. The other player in this whole saga is Pierre Gasly. They're talking about maybe he can go to Alpine, but Alpha Torre is not going to let him go. Now, Richard, what do you, what do you know on that one with Gasly? It's an interesting one, isn't it? You 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 worry that Gasly's going to fall into one of these, like fall through the cracks as one of these undoubtedly phenomenal talents. But where is he going to end up going? You know, there's been a number of top seats become available over the last two or three years. You know, in the time period where we've we've known Gasly's worth, um, and he's never landed one of them, and you've got to wonder why. You know, you always look at something like a Hulkenberg in the same sentence as that, or a, uh, you know, um, you know some of the other guys that have been through the Red Bull program. So, uh, yeah, you do worry just just a hair because I mean, what what what's Gasly? This is his what, fourth season, maybe even fifth season in in Formula One. Um, you know, he, he did have that. I think he was uh, in eighteen, I believe, in the same time. Yeah, he was yeah, in so the same year that Leclerc made races. his F one debut. Yeah. This is his sixth season, then. So he did drive some in seventeen with Toro Rosso, uh, and then was full time there in eighteen. Then jumped to Aston Martin, and then you know, so obviously, oh sorry, um, Aston Martin Red Bull, uh, and then dropped back to to Toro Rosso, and then has been Alpha Terry for the last three years. So you do look at it and you think, well, what, you know, where do we go from here with him? You know, what's his next step? And yeah, I, I I don't know. I, I I worry that that sort of spell at uh, Red Bull really hampered him. And I don't doubt for one moment that if he went red back to Red Bull, he would pick up and and um, be very very competitive. You know, now with that bit more experience. But you know, this is his, you know, arguably his worst season in many ways. If you're looking at his results, you know, he's had a um outside of his first full year in 2018 but you know he's only had three points finishes this year uh best result of fifth in azerbaijan so it's not as if he's dominated you know not as if he's had you know a, a string of, of good results i mean in the last 10 races he's had one points finish so you know it's not great and uh, you know you need to you i do worry about him long term a little bit i think yeah, but what I, you know, what I wonder is how is how is AlphaTauri so far behind Red Bull? You know what I mean? Because they, they they essentially operate under the same umbrella. Yeah, I mean, I mean why, car why, is, why 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 is there a massive gap? I think the, their cars are a lot more different than they used to be. I think there's a lot more divergence uh, away from. Um, you know, what you see between, say, a Ferrari and a Haas, for example, uh, and the, the Mercedes and the Aston Martin, you know, the um, or Aston Martin just appeared to have this, like, photocopier that's on, on constant research. Um, so, you know, it, it is a, um, yeah, they've certainly dropped a little bit, and you, you know, you do wonder why. I mean, they haven't scored any points in the last five races between either of the drivers. Um, and, you know, they've had a best result of 12th in that time frame. So it's not amazing, is it? So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, but uh, but again, to your point, Gasly, in my mind anyway, is, is a phenomenal talent, and he's withering away in that uh, in that AlphaTauri car. You know, <laughs> I, I'd like to see what he could do in Alpine. I'd like to see what he could do in the Red Bull, you know? I'd like to see what he could do in the Mercedes. You know, I'd like to see what he could do in an Indy car, right? Yeah. 
But I just, just feel like he's just, you know, kind of doomed to run at the back of the grid, you know? So uh, and then, of course, the other guy whose name has been in a lot uh, is uh, Mick Schumacher. It looks like he may be out at Haas and, may, pit, may, and, and, yeah. and may, may not have a place to land. Yeah, I mean, Mick, goodness me, it's, it's a difficult one, isn't it? You almost wish he wasn't called Schumacher, don't you, to see – It'd be how he, you know, what he was worth. He certainly, he certainly improved. I think at times this year, you know, he certainly, I think being with with K Mag there has certainly benefited his his driving and his performance. And you know, uh, there's, you, you've got to give him some credit, but this is a very cutthroat business. And you know, Ferrari have obviously put science onto a longer term contract, uh, so you can see that Leclerc science partnership being in place for at least the next two to three seasons. So where does that leave Mick? Um, you know, a competent driver, goodness me, I don't think anybody can deny that. But is he a world-class driver that a team like Ferrari wants? Mm, I don't know. And then it's very difficult for him going forward. Then what does he do next? If he's out of Formula 1, you know, do you want this Schumacher name rattling around in some of the lower categories? Um, I, I don't know. It's a very difficult situation. I do... I feel sorry for him in many, many ways. Yeah, but the, but to uh, the, the Haas team, they, they came out of the box pretty strong this year. Oh, but yeah. It, but, but it seems as where the other teams have had some continuous development, the Haas's remain stagnant. Yeah, and it's a pretty yeah, yeah, thing yeah, as well, yeah. I'm sure, in many ways. Oh, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure it is, yeah. But it, it seemed like they, 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 they came out of the, you know, start off the year with so much promise. And then now it's back to, you know. Yeah, back, oh, yeah. To, back to sitting in the back of the classroom. Yeah, uh, difficult. I, I, I don't know where to. Yeah, it, it's there's a lot going on there, obviously, and uh, yeah, you do. Uh, mm, yeah, who knows? Who knows? As I say, with a lot of these midfield teams, it's like, oh, we'll see next year. You know, next year, next year, next year. Well, at what point does next year come? You know. Yeah, yeah. You can you can only hang your hopes on next year's <laughs> too long till you you've got uh, you become the 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 modern day minority, right? Yep. <laughs> and they and they had Haas. Yeah, I thought I thought I had my mic on. I was trying to talk about the Haas bit. When it comes to Haas, like they basically, in a way, and last year was a throwaway year because they were concentrating on this. Car and, it's, and you mentioned it. What is going on? But with this team, all of a sudden, we'll see how the summer stre- once the summer break ends, how Haas do because if they don't get it together, then it'll be a big disappointment. Consider how well they got out of the gate with both drivers now scoring points. And as far as another seat that kind of came in the great button is that Williams seat as well. That it's looking like it's going to be Logan Sargent, who's going to be an FP one at Coda this later this year. That's been confirmed. Firm. Yeah, I worry about that. I, I worry about Sergeant a little bit. I I don't know if he's yeah mm, in the sense sure F one ready or yeah F one ready. Change. I I, okay. I don't know if he's he's that. Um, you know the kid, again, the kid's good. Goodness me, I'm um, not gonna uh, deny him that. But I just wonder if um, you know he's he, he's he's at that level yet um you feel you, know. you feel like he could use another year in formula two yeah but i fear that yep. also that if he did have another year in formula two it would be uh it'd be the year that showed him up 
Yeah, yeah. So that's then, yeah, it's a tough call. You know, it's just like uh, you know, Ty Gibbs. Yeah. Right? Do, do you do you throw him right in the cup right now, or or who was the guy that? Uh, oh, who am I thinking of? They uh, threw him in the cup, and we we felt like they threw him in too early. Oh, we can name a few of them. We can yeah. name I don't uh, know Parker Parker Kligerman, Jeff yeah. Burden, Ryan Truex, Casey Atwood, Jason Leffler. We can name a whole bunch of people in that name, list. Oh, uh, yeah, Harrison Harrison Burton is the one I was thinking of. Yeah, but I feel like they've been I just mean just quite, re- it to- quite recently. Yeah, so no, true. They've been getting it together as something that we didn't talk about so far as that Harrison finally got, got his first top five at Indy when that whole fiasco that was that Reddick ended up winning and that too is also the silly mystery about Reddick and RCR and their contract for 2023 and because we know he's going to go to 2311 2024 and then it's just getting weird and and Richard here's another thing to ponder on before we're, we're closing to the end of this program where does Drugovich go I know he's leading the F2 championship, but where does yeah. he go? Oof. I mean, what more can you ask a guy to do, really, than what he's done? Yeah, no, for sure. It, it's you, you do to the same extent. You look at it, and you look at some of the guys that have come through Formula 2, and you look at Callum Eilert, for example. You know, sometimes the name just doesn't fit. You know, the, or the face doesn't fit, if you know what I mean. Not because of any shortcoming on their driving ability just they don't have the financial backing or they don't have the big name you know you obviously look at that sort of the graduate class of like Lando Norris and George Russell yeah because... and, and then some of the guys like that and Charles Leclerc and you know they were you know Lando for example was this name that had been circulated for a number of years Leclerc was obviously picking up that mantle that obviously we, we lost with Jules Bianchi there um, and, and, and George was, you know, very highly rated on the Mercedes stable. But some of these other guys, the Drugovichs and the Logan Sargents and this, even this Nick class of, DeVries DeVries, as well. Yeah. You know, you look at them, and you just think it's just and it's goodness me, it's no detrimental comment on their driving ability. It's just circumstance, I think. And that's the harsh reality of the sport is, you know, and it's just 20 seats, and more exactly. often than not, you only yeah. have one or two openings at most. Yeah, yeah you know. Yeah, see, see, that's the thing. Yeah, we've only got 20 seats in Formula 1. You've got all this great talent coming up, uh, but yet Formula 1 wants to shut out any, anybody new coming in, you know? So <laughs> Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, why would, I get it, the pit lane allocation, even if they go to 22. or it, But, yeah, we talked about it briefly. It's, it's, if we open to one, it's fine. But if we get it to the point where it used to be back in the 80s and 90s to 26 to 30 entries, that's just not feasible anymore. Right. Most- but I but I think 20 is pretty light. You know what I mean? I think 20 is pretty light. I think 24 is probably yeah. a, a good number. You know, let let Audi bring their own team in and let Michael bring his team in and, 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 and leave it at that. But, um, yeah, these guys don't want anybody to uh, – Take a cut of their money. They're pretty happy with, uh, you know, yep. pretty happy with the well, 10 way split. Yeah. Ask, uh, ask, ask uh, Michael Andretti about that. <laughs> you know, he, uh, you know, he, he's done everything he can to get that seat. And this, you know, they just turned around and said, yeah, no. Exactly. What, yeah, what, so, what more can he do? Yeah. Which is a shame in that regard because it could, 
it could make very, things more interesting when it comes to silly season. Maybe we'll see some guys float around to maybe there'll be an opening for a Formula 2 champion in 2023 or beyond. I'd imagine Andretti would not have been on the 2023 grid, but probably 24, 25 at the earliest. But well, you'd have, you to look at, you'd have to look at the, uh, you know, if they were going to go on the grid, it would be at the uh, regulation change time frame, you know. Um, the Concord twenty. Yeah, or whenever that's going to be. So, you know, you do, you were, yeah. Uh, who, who knows? Who knows? But um, I don't know. If, yeah. Michael, if Michael was smart, he'd start talking with Audi. Well, I must admit, maybe, you, know, you, you, know, see maybe. The, uh, you see the comments from. Um, from Toto. Toto was like, oh, I'd rather have. Uh, I'd rather have an Audi. Than... Than... So could you imagine Michael coming in with Audi? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would that would be something. And if I were Michael, that'd be one way to it's like, well, I'm going to do it. Can't stop me now because, yeah, it has my name, but Audi's the show. Yeah. So, but I, you know, I, I don't know if that's what Michael wants to do, but definitely, I would exactly don't know if that's what Audi wants to do, but I would definitely, if I were Michael, I would be looking into that and pursuing that uh, to a certain extent. And Michael has a decent relationship with the, um, uh, Volkswagen people because he's uh, uh, when he was doing rally cross, he was uh, running Volkswagen, he was a Volkswagen yeah. factory team. So, so there, there's a bit of a relationship there. So, yeah, you yeah, know, it cuts we'll have, yeah, we'll just have to see how all that pans out. But uh, it seems like Porsche and Audi are both kind of uh, very interested in you know partnering with uh, Red Bull and the folks associated with them. So, uh, yeah. which, which I can't say I blame them, yeah. And should a Red Bull Porsche thing become to be and a Porsche wins? Uh, he'll join Favizio. Wait, no. What was now? No. Who won at Road America in the Buick? No, the Porsche. Why am I seeing? Okay, I so it was, it, was, it was Teo Fabi. Okay, Teo Fabi. And it was at, in, it was at Mid-Ohio. Okay, Mid-Ohio. <laughs> 89. Okay. And it was 1989 in the Quaker State. Uh, yeah, the, the old yeah. Al, Al Holbert team. Yep. That Thank was the, uh, the one um, Porsche IndyCar win. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. I, I always, for whatever reason, I confused that win with Barbatsa for whatever reason and Road America. I don't know why. Now I'm thinking I, about it. I, I don't know America how you confused. Fuel I don't know how you confused um, Porsche with Buick. Because well, Quaker cause... State, that's probably the that's one confusion. <laughs> it's the Quaker State car, and it, but it was not the twenty six; it was the eight or thirty six, mind you, for Guerrero when he won the poll. Thirty six, no. Oh yeah, yeah. Forget. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Redact. Redact. Let's talk just... about Marco going to the Xfinity Series. At let's the uh, yeah. Let's talk about Marco. Marco Andretti, who's uh, wrapped up the uh, SRX Championship, will make his NASCAR debut. Um, at the Xfinity race uh, at the Charlotte Roval. What do you think about that, Luis? How do you think he'll do? He's going to be in the 48 car, which has which has had success, but they really, when it, they start, they started fine with Jay Buford before, before they let him go and put start putting guys like Tyler Reddick in the car to really get that 48 team off running to be a, a, a legitimate car to be at an Xfinity level. I think it'll be an interesting race for him. I expect him to be in the top 25. I was kind of hoping to see Marco run on an oval for his debut because that's kind of where he shines most on on ovals. Sure, 
when you say when you say, when I say that his first IndyCar win was on a road course at Sonoma, but his ovals is kind of like where he stands out a lot more. To be honest, so it'll be interesting to see how Marco does. I'm kind of excited to see how that'll pan out because at this moment it's just kind of became inevitable that he's held his own in stock cars. But when you compete with guys that haven't competed in years, with a couple of the ones that are doing their thing today, the big challenge is how he's going to do with the top young guys that that can go toe-in-toe on a weekly basis with different backgrounds. You know, I'm just kind of happy for Marco that he's just kind of branching out and doing what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he, he's out from under his, his father's thumb and, and being on his father's team where people just gave him so much crap and he's doing... He just goes, hey, let me let me try this and let me try that. And then, you know, he did well in the um, SRX. And I, I believe he'll, you know, I don't think he'll embarrass himself in uh, Xfinity. I don't think he's going to get up there and win the thing. But uh, I think it'd be a great learning experience. But but it's, but it's good to see him kind of having if you if you, you know, talk to Marco this day and age, it's like he's got a, a big weight that's lifted off of him. You know, and he's yeah, just, he, yeah, cause he he's not more happy and yeah, concentrate he, on what he wants to do. Yeah. He's not bound to any, uh, uh, you know, contract or bound to, uh, you know, a, a full series. That's a, a, a year long commitment. He just bounce around and do what he wants. And I can see him trying a few other things here and there as well. Like maybe Xfinity on an oval. Uh, yeah, I can see him maybe jumping in a truck race or doing a little IMSA here and there. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's where I I feel like if you put Marco in an oval in that forty eight car, I say he'd be I say he could be a top ten runner. But like I said, it's different going from competing like late model type stock cars to a full bot to to the national touring stock cars with with because remember he's doesn't he's had minimal experience in stock he's had experience but not in the sense of competing with the guys that are running it on a week-to-week basis, on an annual basis. Yeah, and, and I want to say those SRX cars are significantly lighter uh, than, like, an Xfinity car, if I'm yeah. not mistaken, yeah. And they're kind of closer to, like, a modified, really, yeah. uh, th- than they are to, like, a late model. So, but, yeah, but, uh, you know, more power to Marco. Let him, let him get out there, branch out, try some new stuff, man. I'll, uh, I'll be watching with great interest when uh, that race comes around. Yeah, Robles looking like a one-hot ticket. Same with Watkins Glen, because of course, Michael Mike Rockefeller of IMSA fame and sports cars. He's going to be running the '77 Spire car at Watkins Glen, which will now put six nationalities competing in the Cup Series next week. But we'll talk about Watkins Glen. Talk about Watkins Glen next week, and then one other announcement. Um, uh, see, now I lost it. Uh, say Gregson going to cup full time, right? Yeah, Gregson going to cup full time in the number 42 car with um, Petty. What do they call it? Petty GMS Petty GMS Petty. Yep, so uh, we'll see how he does there. So, uh, but with that being said, we are out of time. So, uh, I want to thank you, Richard. I want to thank you, Louise. Uh, I want to thank um, Mark Dill and uh, Dan Blay, our sponsors. I want to thank the Hoobazoo Radio Network, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. And most of all, I want to thank you folks to listen to us every week. Until next week, good night. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.